Chapter Seventeen of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, February two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts. Phyllis. Misfortunes never come singly. After the meeting with Mrs. Bangley Brown, I was nervous of going on the river at all, but upon the following Sunday, Grandpapa persuaded me to accompany him most young men would have preferred the society of their own sex but grandfather was loyal to his old granddaughter and i will say that with regard to my growing weakness for stimulant he did everything in his power to shame me out of it i tried my best but alcohol had become a necessity and as i have said elsewhere was the only thing i could rely upon to keep my nerves steady at a crisis to return we proceeded that Sunday to Teddington Lock, when suddenly, alongside of us, waiting for the lock to open, appeared Susan Marks and the young man Tompkins. The woman recognized us both instantly and proclaimed the fact. Lur, if it ain't that little beast dolphin. Look, Tommy, and it was that old guy Fox as heard me and you talking. She split and told him, but it shan't wash i swear it shan't he promised marriage you know that and all the old grandmothers in the world shan't save him who are you you brazen creature i don't know you never saw you before in my life said grandfather calmly don't you talk to me like that you wretch bawled the virago or i'll come over and wring your neck poor soul take her out of the sun and send for a medical man said my grandfather then tomkins spoke he was a small weak person you can't bounce it like that you know he said you're dan dolphin engaged to miss marks i ought to know you well enough i've had a summons out against you for three months you'd better give me your address and not make a scene here you're laboring under a case of mistaken identity said grandfather not taking any notice of the intimation to give his address and as for that beauty there if she's engaged to me or some other fellow what are you doing with her here on the river now row away and try to behave yourselves i'm afraid you're no better than you ought to be either of you in this cool manner with a quiet air of experience and superiority did grandfather cowl the man tomkins the woman marks however was not cowed she shook her fist and raved and disgraced her sex and made a scene but grandfather only laughed and proceeded as he truly remarked they had got precious little change out of him not less than an hour later i saw another of grandpapa's old flames one whom i had never met before the princess hopskipchoff with a party of younger sons and music-hall artistes passed us in a steam-launch grandpapa was very excited and his admiration for her which waxed at forty-five and dwindled to nothing at thirty now at twenty-one burst out anew a glorious woman a goddess by jove how sickening she must find the twaddle of those boys said grandpapa ah she doesn't know 
as she glances at me from under her dark lids that the young fellow in the yellow and green blazer was once engaged to marry her how sweet and fresh she is still i wonder if she'll be at henley then he sighed and caught a crab in the wash of the steamer i was amazed to hear him talk thus and ventured to expostulate the big woman under the red and white parasol my grandpapa she's forty and painted up to the eyes don't blaspheme he said don't discuss her you needn't be jealous of the princess to think that she has never forgotten me that she seeks me yet but her dream would be rather rudely shattered if she knew well well let us talk of something else what fiend made me leave her to think of all i lost from which i have since drawn the curious conclusion that very young men and quite middle-aged ones are often attracted by the same sort of woman a fellow can't get on without a woman's love said grandpapa suddenly after a long silence at least some fellows can't i can't for one a mother's love is what you will soon be needing dear one i shall do the best i can bosh he said angrily that's not love at all it's instinct and i don't want you to fuss over me when i become a child mind that just keep me clean and tidy and give me toys and tell me bible stories but don't pretend you're my mother then because that's outraging the laws of nature and people will laugh at you i'm not talking of those matters now i'm alluding to love you said when you left upper norwood that you had done with that forever yes very likely young men say foolish things you can't help fate marriages are made in heaven wholesale though i admit they never guarantee the quality and turn out a lot of goods that don't wear you observe that lock ahead we're going to lunch there the lock-keeper is called rose and he has a daughter named phyllis she's the daintiest most exquisite human thing i ever saw no brains thank god i've had enough of clever women but the disposition of an angel eyes like gray rain-clouds with sunshine in em hair brown lily-white hands tiny feet and everything complete what's more the girl understands me i may assume then grandfather that you are engaged i will not deceive you martha we are how far has it gone to the second time of asking i mean business this journey we're to be married after henley i didn't tell you because it would only have worried you and i fear make you take kinder than ever to stimulant i've arranged it all we're going to scotland then when i get a bit younger i will leave her a letter with all my money in it and clear out and make a way by myself i was only pretending just now i couldn't stand a childhood again not even with you let alone as a married man i want you to be friends with her and live with her after i am gone his voice broke and at the same moment we reached the lock End chapter seventeen